0: when you come amongst us and you're around us. And talking to hearts and talking to minds and to bodies and spirits. And Lord, I know that you've already begun in the room to do things that we don't even know what you're up to yet. And so, Holy Spirit, more. Presence of God, more fullness of who you are. We sing. May we breathe deep of who you are, so that we can be released fully into who we are supposed to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can uh, find your seats if you haven't yet already. Thank you, guys. That was an amazing hour together. Um, These Sunday evenings that we do uh, allows us to explore different things and different topics and different ideas. Um, give you different testimonies and things like that. Um, let you in on some things maybe that are rumbling around in our heads. Um, the Lord gave me uh, this word a while ago, and uh, it was really interesting because I, I was telling uh, some of our our team before tonight. I said. I said I'm ready to share it, God, and that was like November, and God goes, no, that one's for February. So I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> so we're sharing it in February um, with you all tonight. So, um, give me two things: give me a little more house light so I can see faces, and make sure no one falls asleep. No, um, <laughs> so that I can I can see see some faces and um, and make sure what I'm saying is is uh, landing with some of you. Um, And so I can just smile at you a little bit more. uh, We can connect a little bit more. Um, So I met the Lord in 1994. Uh, My wife met the Lord in 1996, and and both of us had pretty powerful encounters. And um, both of us had a lot of struggles before we met Jesus. Uh, Both of us had a lot of things that we were uh, wrestling through, um, whether they be addictions or depressions or however you want to say that. the, the Lord's hand uh, was chasing us, but the world's hand was on us. If that makes any sense, right? Um, and did you know this? When you are in the midst of addiction and depression, you don't make very good decisions. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page tonight. When you're in the middle of addictions and depressions, you don't make very good decisions. No. What's interesting, did you also know this? The are in the midst of addictions and depressions... Sometimes you can do some really amazing things, did you know that's true as well? Did you also know that when you're in the middle of addictions and depressions Sometimes you can say some things that sound really really wise. Did you know that? You can say some things that sound really really true But there's a difference between something that's true And walking in the truth does that make sense to you guys Mm -hmm. there's a difference between saying or something that's true and walking in the truth okay let me give you some examples from if you've never been in an addiction or a depression just go oh I got it okay but if you have some of what I'm about to say is gonna sound really really wise you guys ready okay when you're in the middle of an addiction you say things like I feel like I'm going to die if I don't drink that, smoke that, inject that, sniff that, whatever it might be. Guess what? For that person, that's true. It is. They feel like in that moment, if you don't walk into that addiction, you're going to die. But are they walking in the truth? No. But it's true for them. If you are addicted to pornography, you might say something like, You know what? That helps me not feel lonely when I'm all alone. That's true to that person, but it's not the truth. Okay? Let me give you another one. If you are depressed and you say, I just need to sleep a little bit longer. I just need to drink a little bit more. I just need to bury my life in Netflix for this amount of time because that helps me forget my problems. That is true for you, but it's not walking in the truth. One last example, maybe the hardest one if you've been in the church for a while. If you are addicted to religion, you say things like, the rules and the regulations, the boxes that I put people and God in are easier than grace and mercy. Because grace and mercy are messy. That's true, but it's not walking in the truth. Are you guys alright with this. Like this is this should be this is obvious. I'm not trying to confuse you or take you down a weird rabbit hole. Okay, right? These are obvious things. So here's our big idea. Here's what I want us to explore tonight. Go ahead and put that slide up for us. If you get stuck in what is true, you might miss the truth. If you get stuck in the natural wisdom, you might reject the supernatural of God. If you get stuck in what is true in this life, you might miss the truth. If you get stuck in natural wisdom upon the earth, you might miss the supernatural your life. Okay? Let me give you a biblical example. and Stretch you a little bit further. If I say the praise, there is nothing new under the sun, is that true or is it truth? Some of you have heard that phrase before, and you go, that sounds like something I've heard a lot. That's got to be true. Well, it might be. But is it walking in the truth? Solomon said, Solomon's the wisest guy who ever lived. He's got to know what he's talking about. Is it true, or is it truth? just to drive the point home a little bit further for those of you that are already astute biblical scholars and know where it's at even maybe, Ecclesiastes 1.8 says this all things are wearisome more than one can say the eye never has enough of seeing or the ear enough of hearing what has been, it's going to be again what has been done, it's going to be done again there is nothing new under the sun is there anything which one can say, look, this is something new it was already here long ago It was just before our time. Is it true or is it truth? Some of you now are like, it's in the Bible, Adam. That's the truth. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, where are you going? (laughs) It's okay. Don't get worried. We're going to go somewhere good. I promise you. Is it true or is it the truth? Some of us will just take this and go, I know it's in the Bible, so that's truth for me. Those of you that are ready, stone me. Slow down. (laughs) Let's read some other scriptures. We believe the Bible has this giant 66 books worth of stuff for us, right? What does Jesus say? Well, he begins in the Old Testament to speak through prophets about the coming king and his kingdom. You guys with me on that? There's a whole bunch of prophets in the Old Testament. Joel and I were talking to this the other day. It's like, once you hit them, they just got, there's a whole bunch of them. (laughs) Like, it just keeps going and going and going and going. Right? There's a lot of prophets. And all prophets have a similar theme in what they have, right? So, let me just read a most, maybe the most famous scripture about this. Jeremiah 31, 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. Damn it, my wife. what? Wait a minute, there's nothing new under the sun. How can there be a new covenant? You guys okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If it's really super obvious, that's great. I want it to be, okay? Next verse. Because this word gets confusing. Jesus. He's a good guy to listen to, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew 13. Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven. Is like the owner of a house who brings out of the storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now wait a minute. Is Jesus confused? Because four chapters before that, he says this. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Did Jesus just contradict himself? Is he in contradiction with Solomon? What about this? Jesus, who was seated on the throne, said, I'm making everything (laughs) new. Then he said, write this down. I love this when Jesus does this. As if Jesus is speaking, we don't think he's telling us the truth. Well, how does he end it? Write it down. It's, It's trustworthy. It's true. Is it possible that John believed Solomon more than he believed Jesus? So he's like, write it down. I want you to get this. Everybody okay? Some of you have crossed your arms and put a scowl on your face. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And This is a point where what's called cognitive dissonance is happening for some of you. There are two scriptures that seem at war with one another, don't they? Maybe three or four. There's nothing new under the sun and Jesus says, oh, bring me new stuff, bring me old stuff, uh, new covenant, let's make everything new. Have you ever read those two scriptures and thought, what's going on? It's okay if you smile. That's why I wanted the house lights up. I wanted to know what's going on. Let's go back to our our big point of the night. Ready? If you stick to what is true, you might miss the truth. If you get stuck in the natural wisdom, you might miss the supernatural of God. If we get stuck in something, we might miss it. I think this is really important. Maybe Jesus' view on life, view on the world, view on creation is clearer than yours and mine. Would you guys agree with that? If you're a follower of Jesus, we believe that he has a clearer vision than you and I. Maybe Jesus saw the world clearer than Solomon did. Maybe Jesus saw the kingdoms clearer than Solomon did. Maybe he saw the truth, not just what was true in the natural world. Maybe nothing new under the sun is a worldly truth. And you know what? It is. Solomon was the wisest guy who ever lived. And you know what? He saw the world for what it really was. He said, in the world, there's nothing new coming. But we don't live in the world. We're heavenly creatures, seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And our job is to bring heaven to the earth. And so we don't live in worldly realities. We live in heavenly realities. And so, yes, it's true that if you live and breathe and interact on this earth, nothing new is coming from the earth. But there's new stuff coming all the time when it comes to the people. And that's really, really important for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Because there's a big problem if you live in the nothing new is truth. If we live there, what's the problem? When did Solomon write those words? Anybody know? He's in the middle of trauma, guys. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he's in the middle of a traumatic situation. Now, most of it is self-imposed, self-imposed like he did it to himself, but he's living in the midst of trauma. And sometimes you see some really wise stuff in the middle of trauma. That sounds really, really true. You know what else is going on? If you read Ecclesiastes, what's he doing? He's going through all of his addictions that are meaningless. He's in the middle of his addictions, and so he can say something that's really true for the earth, but not true for those of us who are kingdom-minded people. You know what else? He's really, really depressed. And when you're depressed, you can still say something that's really wise, that may not be heavenly.
1: Does
0: that make sense? Okay. So, what is saying nothing new do to our spirits? The first thing it does is it makes us a little cynical, doesn't it? It makes us a little cynical towards the earth, towards what's going on around us. Oh, I've seen all this before. It's just the same videotape played over and over and over again. And when we get cynical, we get a little bitter (laughs) towards life. Sounds like Solomon, if you read Ecclesiastes. Now, here's what's good about this for you and for me. I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit's fruits are not cynicism and bitterness. So we can recognize that if someone is cynical and bitter, and in the midst of trauma and depression, they're probably not speaking out heavenly realities, are they? They might have really wise words for what's happening on the earth right now, but they may not be speaking out the new stuff of the kingdom. So, what kind of things do you say when you're depressed? What kind of things do you say when you're sinning? What kind of things do you say when you're bitter? See, nothing new is Solomon's earthly reality at that moment. And it wasn't God's best for his situation or for his life in that moment as the leader of Israel. And if you get stuck in Solomon's spot, you're probably going to reject what God's doing in your life. If you get stuck in that nothing new under the sun moment, you're probably going to reject something new coming from the hand of the Father. Because you're not expecting it to happen. In fact, maybe this is just me, and maybe it's just the, the, the years of pastoring and, and, and trying to follow Jesus for our lives, or just experience, maybe this is earthly wisdom. <laughs> but guys, when I hear a Christian say there's nothing new under the sun, It sounds like an excuse. Just being real. It sounds like an excuse to not want the more of God. It sounds like an excuse to not expect God on a Sunday night at 7:11 to show up. It sounds like an excuse to say, this thing in my life is never going to change because nothing new is under the sun. That seems like a problem when we don't expect the miraculous and expect God to show up, and we only expect that, oh, it's the same old thing. Okay. Solomon's perspective is what? He's in the lens of the Old Covenant, not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. His lens is his personal problems. His lens is, I don't see the kingdom that's being promised to us. And he's letting... What's happening is earthly culture invade his thinking instead of heaven's culture invade what he's doing. Does that make sense? Throw up that next slide. If you get stuck in Solomon's wisdom, you're going to reject the supernatural power of God. I love, love, love the Book of Proverbs, but most of it's earthly wisdom. There's a lot of heavenly wisdom mixed in. He would get some moments, but a lot of it's earthly wisdom. Don't hang out with prostitutes. It'll destroy your life. Like, that's some of the things he says in there, right? Like, don't be cheap. Be generous. You know, it'll it'll fill up your life more. Like, those are really good earthly wisdom. And I believe that God gave him, because he asked for it, tremendous wisdom to rule and to lead on the earth, didn't he? But it wasn't the new covenant. It wasn't the new kingdom. Let's look at Jesus' perspective one more time. Jesus' legs. With the coming of Christ comes a new way of thinking about every single thing on the planet. Because heaven is re- invading Earth's reality. So we've got these moments. All these Old Testament prophets are saying, guess what? Something new's coming. It's going to be so crazy that a virgin's going to give birth to a child. Something new's coming that no longer will I have to live apart from you, but I'm going to be a little live amongst you. Something new is coming. It's going to be so amazing. I'm going to change your whole heart and your whole spirit. I can actually live inside of you. Something new is coming where I'm not going to be distant from you. I'm going to live amongst my people. And all of that was new to them. And it was new, 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 new. Why? Because heaven is always new. And then Jesus shows up. And begins to teach his disciples. The kingdom of heaven, a teacher from the kingdom of heaven, brings out of the storehouse... Old treasures and new treasures. Why? In that moment, what's Jesus doing? He's trying to show that I've been trying to get to you this whole time, right? And so there's some old treasures I've got, and I've got some new treasures, and we're going to try and get the two of them to talk to one another so we can explain the kingdom. So you hear him say things like, you've heard that it was said, but I tell you this is what the new covenant reality looks like, right? So he grabs that old treasure and a new treasure and says, here's what it looks like when it's different. Does that make sense, you guys? And then he says, "You can't put new wine in old wineskins. skins." So he says, "What do I have to do? I have to make you new." <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new under the sun except for you. <laughs> and so, guess what? I've got new wine for my people, and I'm going to make you a new wine skin so I can pour my new wine in you. I'm going to make. And then he goes like this: This is the crazy part, right? After the cross and everything happens at the end of Revelation, what's he say? Everything's new, right? Behold, I'm making all things, everything new, because that is the natural state of heaven. The natural state of heaven is new. The natural state of the kingdom of God is new. It's not nothing new. It's everything new. In fact, look at it. What do we get when we like say yes to Jesus? You get a new identity as a holy, righteous son or daughter of living God. You get a new destiny and a new purpose on the planet. You get a new destination. No longer are you condemned, but you get heaven. That sounds pretty good to me. Jesus says, you know what? When I show up and heaven shows up, there's the possibility of new bodies, right? Oh, Adam can have hair. No, right? Like, like New bodies, right? You say, you say things like, some of you in the room were with me on that one. So, like, uh, you know, He says you're going to get something new. That's why when Jesus showed up, what was new was he was giving new body parts out, wasn't he? new skin, new eyes, new ears new speech everything was new and not only that I'm giving you a new spirit I said I'll put my spirit in you so your spirit that's been tormented by your traumas, your depressions, your addictions I can even make that new and I can redeem that that's how amazing the kingdom of God is, is everything becomes new what about this new authority, new power to do the same and greater works according in John 14, 12, that Jesus did. In fact, I brought this up here because my bet is all of you have one of these somewhere in your house where you might have brought it with you, though I know a lot of us use like the Bible app now. Mm-hmm. If you open this up to the table of context, there's an Old Testament and a mm-hmm. New Testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, He's even saying, here's the new part of the Bible for you, right? Like we've got everything becomes new in the kingdom of God. And he makes us new as human beings so that all of the new of the kingdom can be received by us. That's why it's such transformation that takes place for us through the cross of Jesus Christ that we become completely new people. That's why we have to renew our thinking to who we really are and who we have become. That's why we have to walk in our new identity as sons and daughters and not as orphans, right? We have to begin to understand that everything has become new in me. The encouragement I want to give you this this evening is this. I don't ever want to see believers get stuck in Solomon's wisdom. But there's nothing new under the sun. Because if you live in that thing that's true, instead of in the truth of what Jesus says, you'll just hit a wall all the time. You hit a wall in your walk with Jesus, you're going to hit a wall in your walk with other believers, you're going to hit a wall especially in the supernatural power of God. Because you're like, oh, I've seen this before. I've actually heard Christians say that about healing services. But well, I've seen that before. Yeah. What? don't let that become so elementary to you, or so I've done that before, that you don't realize God might be doing something new tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow. At work. This week in your kids' school. Last slide. Oh, up. Realize that the kingdom of God is in a natural state of new. Now for all of you that don't like change, <laughs> hear this. This is really, really important. If you're like, I hate change, like, you know, or you just naturally scared, it, go, you new? Know? Here's why it's awesome. God is love and God is good, which means everything that comes new from the hand of God is full of love and it's always good. Does that make sense to you? So do not be scared by the kingdom of God is in the state of new. That's a good thing. And it's always filled with love. i got to stop talking. Why do I tell you all of that stuff? This is super important when it comes to doing ministry on a night like this or in the body of Christ. That the kingdom of God is in a perpetual state of new, Because we can't expect God to show up say and do the same things every time? I say that again to this side of the room. <laughs> This is important for ministry because you can't expect God to show up and say and do the same things every time. It might be new. Hello? Sorry. <laughs> it might be something new. God might show up and give you a prophetic word and you're like, I've never done a prophetic word before. God might show up and give somebody else a prophetic word for you and you've never received a prophetic word before. You might have walked into this room and said, I have a terminal X, Y, or Z. I'm medicated for X, Y, or Z. And God might want to get rid of that because He wants to do something new in your life. Mm-hmm. And you've convinced yourself that there's nothing new under the sun, so why would God show up and take care of that? Well, I'm okay, I can live with it. Oh, don't ever say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your expectation level went from here to here. As soon as you say, oh, I can just live with it. The kingdom of God is in a perpetual state of new. Not in a perpetual state of, oh, the same old, the same. Old. Nothing you want to the sun. You guys okay? I, I feel I don't, I don't want to lose you because we need to go into ministry here. And as we go into ministry, the biggest thing that I want to tell you is, be ready ready. Because God wants to do something new with you. Not with the person next to you, not with the person who invited you, not with somebody else on the other side of the room with you. God wants to do something different. And it's going to be new. And so don't say, ah, there's nothing new out there. I've been to these people. God wants to do something new with you.